Let's doing episode 101. Ari talks with Gil Blander of Inside Tracker about do-it-yourself blood testing, fueling your activities, and Ari's cholesterol numbers. Welcome to the Less Doing Podcast. Less Doing, more living, more living, more living, more living. Hi, I'm Ari Mizell, and this is the Art of Less Doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to episode 101 of the Less Doing podcast. Now, um, I know you're all going to be very surprised that you're hearing my voice and not Ari's. That is because... Ari is not able to do this podcast today and we actually put in a lot of work on episode 100 and getting the whole new sound and music all put together. So actually what we're going to do today is I am just going to put you straight through to the interview and so there'll be no links today. However, we will be back with the next episode of course and if you haven't gotten a chance to check out episode 100, I highly recommend you do. My personal favorite is the productivity tips from a lot of other experts like Ari, which are at the end of the show in the last 10 minutes or so. So I hope you enjoy that. So without further ado, I will hand you over to Ari's interview with Gil Blander from Inside Tracker. Check it out. So now I'm speaking with Gil Blander, and this is Gil's second time on the podcast. Gil is the founder of Inside Tracker. So hi, Gil. Hi, Ari. So, uh, I it, just full disclosure here. I, I am an advisor to Inside Tracker. I think that it's an incredible company that allows you to test your blood uh, in, in a way that your own doctor might not let you, and it gives you uh, this graphical user interface that's just better than any that I've worked with, and with all the quantified self stuff that I like to do, and that people that I think listen to this podcast like to do. If you haven't checked out Inside Tracker, then you should. But what we're going to do today is Gil is going to sort of analyze my most recent blood test. And we're going to talk about what certain things mean and what what uh, you can do to change certain markers. Because one of the things that Inside Tracker offers is nutritional consults, right? So Gil, why don't you just give sort of a, a quick overview, I guess, of actually Inside Tracker that I haven't covered. Okay, so uh, Inside Tracker is a... a personalized health analytic company, and we actually see ourselves as a sort of a guardian angel for health. So what we are trying to do is uh, give you a meaningful and actionable recommendation, what should you do in order to improve or maintain your health. Uh, And our major indicator currently are uh, blood biomarkers, basically a result that uh, you use to see it as a meaning for the physician to look at, like uh, glucose and uh, cholesterol and so on. We are looking at them and not uh, uh, looking at them in a view that whether you are uh, sick or healthy, but more trying to optimize you in order to make you a better person and allow you to live longer. Well, and I think that's a pretty good mission. So uh, now one of the things also that I I just want to mention is that I, so I, I've done the testing, generally I've done it like every quarter. Uh, you guys recommend what, like once or twice a year generally? Or, or what's your general recommendation for tracking blood markers? 
So, the, so that's a great question, and actually a lot of our customers asking this question. And it depends on uh, uh, what are your goals, and also depends on uh, what are your recent results. So uh, basically, at the beginning, we really recommend our customer to get at least three different blood tests. Uh, and the reason for that is that uh, with one blood test, you have one point. With two, you have a two points that are connected. With three blood tests, you already have a trend. So at the beginning, it's very important to get uh, as soon as possible at least three blood tests. And you don't necessarily need to have those three blood tests from us. We also have a way uh, for you to upload the result that you received from your physician. Uh, so if you have some historical blood data, we can easily you can easily upload it by yourself and then see the trend. When you have the trend, the question is, uh, what are your goals? And also, what are the issues that you are facing? And I can uh, give you a couple of examples. Uh, if, for example, you have high cholesterol, it won't be easy to uh, decrease the, t- the cholesterol down, and it might take a few months. While when you have a low uh, vitamin D, within a month, if you will uh, follow our recommendation, there is a very good chance that you will uh, basically get uh, to your optimal zone or at least improve your uh, levels. So it's a, a depending, so if I will try to summarize first, it's very important to find the trend. So uh, it's, a, a, it's very important to get at least three blood tests uh, as soon as possible. Then the question is, what are your goals? Do you want to sleep better? Do you want to uh, increase your energy? Uh, do you want to run a marathon? Do you want to run faster? Uh, do you want to uh, um, uh, be less stressful? All of that can help us to understand when you should test. And actually, we are working now on automatic way to let you know you need to be tested now because uh, your goal is X and your marker Y and you have the data showing that you should uh, test now in order to see whether you improved or not. Great. Okay. So I've had results since I had active Crohn's and through Ironman training and, and, you know, till I've been very healthy. So let's let's talk a a little bit about my latest results and then I guess we can do some we can talk about some of the trending so one of the ones that I I, I find is all over the place for a lot of people and it's normal for me right now is the creatine kinase okay so let's talk about that what what is what is the CK and what is it you know what is it telling people and also like I've, I've seen people who've done well actually go ahead first and then I'll explain yeah, creatine kinase is a, a, a very important marker, especially for a athletic active population. So this protein, creatine kinase, is a protein that uh, normally localized in the muscle. Uh, now, when you uh, exercise too much or you have a, a breakage of the muscle uh, um, fiber, the creatine kinase leak into the bloodstream, and there is a nice correlation between a, a overexercise and the level of creatine kinase in the bloodstream. I can give you an example. If you look at a marathon runner, uh, before the marathon run, the level of the creatine kinase in the uh, bloodstream can be uh, in the level of a couple of hundred units per liter. A day after the marathon, it can spike as high as 10,000 units per liter. So basically, it's, you can see a nice correlation when you over-exercise or exercise a lot, your creatine kinase go up. Uh, and when you are not exercising or after rest, the creatine kinase level will be uh, in the uh, optimal range. Now, there is a, a, a few other considerations. So there is a, a lot of data in the literature, in the peer-reviewed scientific literature, 
that show that uh, people that are uh, well-trained and not over-exercised or not under-exercised, uh, indeed, after a, a marathon run, they w- the level will increase to some, something like 10,000, but then uh, a few days later, will uh, uh, go down to the, to the uh, normal levels. While someone that is not well-trained or someone that is uh, really over-exercised, uh, the level will stay high and will take much longer time to uh, decrease it. So basically, there is also correlation between the level of creatine kindness that you have, the steady state level, and uh, uh, how uh, well are you trained? If you are overtrained, it will be higher, and if you are undertrained, it will be higher. So, sure. And, and so, what I was gonna say is funny because I, I I had a, a client do his testing with with Inside Tracker, and he I I warned him not to do this, but I guess he didn't hear me. But he did it the literally the day after uh, his first CrossFit workout, and his his CK level was up over ten thousand, and he had had like a panic attack, uh, and then of course it, it very quickly went back down. What what's interesting, or what I'm curious about here, is that in one of my my previous test my creatine kinase was low according to range values so what would that be indicative of yeah i think that uh, 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 i'm looking at that result it sounds to me like uh, it's a uh, um, data that you added that uh, was using our uh, upload uh, that you upload your own result and it looks like you uploaded another market and actually it's happened a lot to our customers so there is a market that's called creatine which is a marker of liver, fu- uh, sorry, of renal function. And there is creatine kinase that is basically a, a marker of a, a muscle degradation. So it's a, a extremely, a, 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 it's looked to me, and I can check it, that is actually because you uploaded a, a, your own result, and that's why it's a, you are confused between creatinine, which is a marker that shows how well your uh, uh, renal are functioning and whether you basically secrete a, a protein to uh, to the urine and creatine kinase, which is a, ma- a marker of uh, muscle uh, damage. Gotcha. Okay, so that was just a fluke then. Uh, yeah. So the, the next one that's on here that I, I want to bring up, which is uh, really been not in the news necessarily, but it's like the the marker that everyone's thinking about if they're if they're a male at least is testosterone and mine has been up and down quite a bit and and the original low testosterone i I credit with a lot of the medicine i was taking for the crohn's and then i got it way back up and then my previous test which was july 29th it was fairly low again which i am pretty sure was because that was uh two months after the twins were born and, and my wife and I were pretty much not sleeping at all. Uh, so now I've gotten it back up. But this must be something that you see a lot of now because testosterone is just, low testosterone seems to be like an epidemic. Yeah, and, uh, and as you mentioned, Ari, it's a, a very good point. So testosterone is influenced by a lot of uh, lifestyle uh, uh, decision or uh, changes. So sleep is uh, extremely important in order to maintain a healthy testosterone. And we need to remember that we, the, the major region that we have testosterone from the evolution is uh, for us to reproduce. And uh, usually when you are uh, starved or when you are uh, sleep deprived, uh, the evolution doesn't want you to produce a, a, a kids because uh, they know that you won't be able to maintain them. Uh, so uh, the evolution, uh, yeah, it's, it sounds funny for us, but if you look a few hundred years back, it's make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think that we are the only creature in the world that reprodu- reproduce year-round. 
I just came back from the Yellowstone for a trip, and you can see that the, uh, the wildlife there reproduce in the fall, because that's the time that they know that they have uh, they gain enough uh, uh, food and enough muscle and enough fat in order to uh, um, uh, carry the offspring uh, over the winter, and then in the uh, spring to have them and then maintain them uh, over the year. We are the only creature, the humankind, that we can uh, reproduce all year around. So anyway, that uh, uh, can explain why, for example, when you st- sleep deprived, uh, the testosterone is going down, and when you are starved, like uh, there are some people today that are trying to do caloric restriction because they want to live longer, but uh, a side effect of that that you lose your uh, sex drive, but also you, uh, um, yeah, your testosterone level go very low. Um, so, so basically, if we are looking at testosterone, there are a few... Uh, in, in, in environmental uh, um, uh, thing that uh, um, control it. Uh, one, a very important one is sleep. Uh, uh, another one that is important is nutrition. You need to, to receive the right nutrition. Uh, another uh, important uh, one is exercise. So uh, people that are uh, not exercising at all will have a low testosterone, but also people that exercising too much will have a, a low testosterone. So basically, you need to find the right balance of uh, exercise in order to get to your optimal testosterone. In addition to that, uh, we are losing testosterone in a level of 1% to 2% a year. And uh, all, everything that I'm talking uh, about right now is related to male. Um, and, uh, uh, and that's, again, the evolution because uh, the evolution doesn't want us to have babies when we are 50 or 60, even so that we still can. But it's, that's an artificial of the Western society. Um, so, so there are a lot of things that uh, uh, um, regulate testosterone, and as uh, I completely agree with what you said, Ari, that uh, uh, testosterone can be very jumpy, and it's very important to monitor it and to, to understand what are the uh, reasons that your testosterone uh, this time is high or is better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, all right. So then, then the next one that I want to uh, actually, I want to jump down to before we get into a couple others is CRP. So, C-reactive protein is an is an inflammation indicator, and it's particularly it, when when you have something like Crohn's or uh, a chronic inflammatory condition. A lot of times, you're looking at CRP because it is such a, a good marker of inflammation. Inflammation, and I really like looking at my chart for this, honestly, because I was at seven point two back in uh, June of 2012, which is when I was training for Ironman and I was still a little bit sick. And it's, sorry, not that I was a little sick, but I was training for Ironman. And uh, that's very, very high, right? I mean, 7.2 is very high for CRP. Yeah, it is. And uh, yeah, I I also really like to look at your chart. It's look amazing. uh, Your level went down to as low as uh, 0.4. Yeah, <laughs> which is really great, and uh, yeah, CRP is uh, uh, as uh, as you mentioned is uh, a, a very important marker. Uh, uh, so uh, obviously, uh, uh, people that have Crohn's disease uh, used to have a, a very high CRP, and obviously, you are, uh, succeed to uh, defeat it, which is great, and I'm, I'm really excited for you. Uh, but CRP is also important for all of us, and as uh, Ari mentioned a, a few seconds ago. Um, when you overexercise, also the inflammation increase. Uh, when you are under stress, the inflammation increase. Uh, when you are stressed, the inflammation uh, tend to increase. When you eat 
uh, food that is not really good for you, and that's uh, uh, one of the uh, reasons that Crohn uh, uh, disease uh, has a high inflammation, but also some, uh, some food that increases inflammation. So basically, CRP is an extremely important marker, uh, and it can uh, basically show you whether you are uh, 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 going in the right direction or not. By the way, I, I just want to tell you, Ari, that we are uh, uh, planning to launch a new product that's called PhysioAge or Physiological Age, and that's basically we can tell you how old you are based on the biomarkers that we are uh, looking at. And we, cool. and we looked at a, a battery of hundreds of biomarkers, and we finally pinpointed to five biomarkers that are the most important for aging, and CRP is one of them. So basically, uh, if you have eye inflammation for a, a long time, that can basically decrease your longevity, which is uh, it's scary. So definitely uh, uh, pay a, a strong attention uh, uh, to CRP. Yes. Okay. So uh, another one that... that- people I find are chronically deficient in is magnesium. Now, I, I'm fine on this, but uh, let's talk about magnesium for a minute and, and its importance. Yeah. Um, so uh, magnesium is a, a, a mineral that is a, a, a very important for a cognition, for mood, and also uh, there are a lot of research that show that when uh, uh, you are deficient in magnesium, uh, you might have some sleep issues. Uh, but in addition to that, even if you are not deficient, sometimes magnesium supplementation of magnesium can help you to sleep better. So uh, uh, magnesium is uh, uh, starting to be more and more uh, uh, popular, and especially uh, uh, people that have uh, a problem with cognition, mood, or a problem uh, falling asleep or staying asleep should uh, pay a, a strong attention to our magnesium. Yeah, and one of my favorite, I mean, you can take magnesium pills if you want, but actually, if you put magnesium flakes in your bath, that's actually a pretty good way to get magnesium absorbed through the skin and take a nice warm bath before bed with uh, with magnesium flakes, and it actually, I, I find that that has a very calming effect. So Wow, that's um, cool. <laughs> and I, well, and I do that with my kids, actually, which is really cool. So, so, so they are sleeping uh, uh, night long now with the magnesium uh, uh, in the bus? I, I can't necessarily say that. Um, that would be nice. But what, <laughs> but what I do find, though, is that it does help to like calm them down at the end of the day. Like, it, you know, they, we could be ri- running around the house, like going nuts and then get in the bath. And, and I've noticed a significant difference between using the magnesium flakes and not using the magnesium flakes that it does seem to have a, a very calming effect, which is cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, um, are there any? Let's. What about you now? Let's talk about some markers on 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 my sheet here that you think are worth noting or, or worth talking about. Yeah. So uh, another marker that uh, I think that is uh, under uh, uh, deserved in a way that people uh, look at him as a uh, um, not a, like a, let's call it the penny markers, markers that are, pr- are pretty cheap, uh, is glucose. And uh, glucose, again, uh, looking at uh, a research that we done recently for the physiological age, we realized that uh, basically glucose is the best indicator for longevity. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, a lot of people looking at glucose and saying, huh, it's, uh, if, uh, it's either uh, like what uh, some people look at, either I'm uh, diabetic or not. Uh, it's actually not true. And it's very important to try to maintain the glucose uh, as low as possible in the uh, normal range, basically anything uh, above uh, a 65, but uh, as lower as you can, because there, is, there are a lot of uh, uh, scientific literature data 
that show that uh, as lower your glucose in any certain age, the better chance you have to live longer. Um, so uh, looking at your chart, your glucose is uh, in your optimal zone. It was uh, a bit higher in the past, but it sounds like currently you are maintaining it great. And that uh, uh, should make your physiological age um, uh, in a great position. But uh, looking at uh, our customers, I can see that only 18% of our customers, which I'm talking about thousands of people, are in their optimal zone. So basically, uh, if we are uh, uh, taking that and looking at the U.S. population, 82% of the U.S. population uh, are compromised their uh, longevity by not uh, uh, looking carefully and trying to maintain the glucose. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even notice that, actually, the 18%. I didn't see that part about how you compare to others. 18% are in optimal Goku. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it, it is crazy, because uh, and it's so important. So definitely, if uh, someone wants to take... Uh, a take-home mess- a message from our discussion today, pay as strong attention as you can to your glucose. Well, let's do one more before we, uh, before we wrap up. Another one that you think strikes you as uh, interesting. Um, yeah, so uh, we can talk about, uh, um, let, let's talk a bit about uh, uh, cholesterol and sure. HDL and, all, and LDL and all of that. I uh, assume that everyone knows that there is a lot of confusion right now. Yes. Uh, because a, a few months ago, uh, the America, American Heart Association came with a new opinion letter uh, that basically, or a recommendation letter to the physician, basically make the uh, LDL and the total uh, uh, cholesterol less important than what it used to be. Obviously, all the pharmaceutical companies are not so happy about it because they like to sell uh, statin and Lipitor as much as they can. Um, so what I, I want to try to do now is to try to give you my uh, takeaway about that, or our takeaway. Uh, we still think that the uh, uh, cholesterol, LDL, HDL are important, but we completely agree with the American Heart Association that they are not standing in a vacuum. So basically, what it's saying that someone that have a high cholesterol and high LDL and no HDL but also is uh, overweight and have high blood pressure and is not exercising, definitely uh, having a, a high cholesterol is a big no-no. Uh, someone that is uh, uh, having a, a, a borderline a, a high a cholesterol, but uh, his blood pressure is optimal and is uh, exercising and is not overweight, it should be, uh, be a bit less worried than that. Yeah, it should be still be worried about it and try to maintain it, but it's not like the most important marker. If I, I, you will ask me what is more important, cholesterol or glucose, I will tell you uh, in 100% that the glucose is way more important. We also were looking for uh, how uh, cholesterol is related to uh, your physiological age, and we couldn't, uh, we couldn't find a, a strong association with, between high cholesterol and uh, low longevity, which was very easy to find it for, a, for a glucose and also CRP and a few other markers. So basically what I'm trying to say, yeah, cholesterol is still important, but uh, cholesterol is not the only one and it's definitely not the most important one. Yeah, I, I think that's a very, very good way of looking at it, honestly. So you know, I'm, I'm glad that that was the one that you decided to go with. So, all right, well, we're, we're basically just out of time here. So uh, uh, what I want to just sort of wrap up with is I, want, I do want to encourage people that 
the information that you're getting from your doctors is not necessarily as complete as you're going to get from a testing service like Inside Tracker, and you're also usually not going to be able to do it as often, and you're certainly not going to get this this trend that is what's really helpful. And I and I can tell you from all of the blood testing I've looked at for myself as well as for other people, being able to see that trend is hugely important because. As Gil said, things like testosterone can really jump around quite a bit. Uh, mineral levels, zinc levels, things like that, they really can kind of bounce around. So it is really helpful if you can see that trend and you can see it in a, in a, a nice sort of organized panel. So, uh, Gil, is there, I mean, the, anything you want to part with? I mean, the best place, I'm going to put links, obviously, to, to the website in the show notes and everything, but anything you want to sort of leave people with? No, I think that uh, what you need to do is uh, uh, you, you need to start to maintain your uh, health and wellness and longevity as you maintain your car. It's uh, crazy today that we are maintaining our cars better than we are maintaining ourselves. Uh, so, uh, and uh, you need to empower yourself. So the physicians are great. They are doing the work, but they w- their job is to uh, screen you and find whether you are sick or not. What uh, wishing that you should do is basically keep yourself all the time in the healthy zone as much as you can and be as further away as you can from the sick uh, position. And if you will test yourself as, as much as you can and then intervene, you have a better chance to live longer, uh, be happy, and uh, be in a peak performance. That's perfect. Well, Gil, thank you so much. Thank you for going over my results and for giving people sort of that picture of everything. And uh and I hope people will get tested. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.